And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rate That Album, the back and forth album review uh, with myself, Paul Muadib, and my good, wonderful, non-depressed friend, Joe Fremming. Joe, how are you doing, sir? Freezing my balls off, Paul. <laughs> Freezing my balls. Yeah, we got the um, we got the wizard. Now you and I were talking just beforehand. Uh, we're both at the exact same temperature, and it feels like negative thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So I have a um, heated blanket that we got, and I also have like an electric fireplace. Um, like furniture piece that I got. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, normally like we have the timer set when we sleep, like it's going to turn off in a half hour, hour, whatever, because the room will get really hot. Otherwise, um, the last night and I know tonight it's just going to be on perpetually. Um, cause it just gets so cold and we have like the, 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 uh, cellophane up on the windows and shit. But I was like leaning off to the side where, where my side of the bed is. And I was like, is there, do we have a fucking hole in the wall? Because I can feel cold air blowing and no, it's just how fucking cold it's penetrating the house. Fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Same here. It's. It's just not gonna get warm. <laughs> this is this is fucked. It's fucked. I think that's the prime I think thing. It's us fucked. living here. We're all fucked in the head. Well, I was listening to Lewis Black, and he was doing a comedy show in the winter, and he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know why I'm here because this isn't weather. This is an emergency condition. Like this is when you call someone to come and get you out. Like, like this is not livable. <laughs> no, no, and he's coming to Fargo, I think, in February. Uh, he's in for a treat. I fucking, I love that man. Um, so, Joe, let's talk a little bit here. We, uh, with everything that went on, um, we did the uh, our first like what we call our subscriber milestone. Posted that you did not know that was coming. Um, what did you think? of the cover of, of myself and my daughter doing uh, Just You and I by one James Hurley written by Angelo. Uh, I mean, I liked it more than <laughs> the James Hurley version. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I hate that song, uh, the original version at least. Uh, that was one of the, both you and I discussed how that was a, a sore spot. In the oh. Return, uh huh. Uh-huh. Like, uh, the return would have been a solid ten, but now it's at a nine point nine because he threw Lynch had to just just had to throw just you and I back into the. <laughs> so what's really interesting about that is I was I was reading that uh, the actor James who played James uh, lobbied. Because he didn't like the 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 lynch, he wanted it in his real voice. So when they came back to do it for the return, he was like, "Hey, I would like to do it the way that we recorded it the first time." And Lynch was like, "No." <laughs> Listen, I think it is age. He couldn't even hit that fals- falsetto anymore. Too that was another. So they just used the original track. 
They just used the original track. Jesus. And again, James did not like that track. He didn't like the song. I guess he's a little bit of a musician and he was like really disappointed with it. Um, Can you blame him? Have you heard the song? (laughs) Yes. I I, I mean, no, I totally covered a song I never heard. Um, Yeah. No. So, you know, I was looking at it right now and just in terms of like our RSS feed and our um, uh, SoundCloud. So on SoundCloud alone, we have 228 listens this month with another 214 listens coming from other feeds, from third-party apps. So that's Spotify, that's whatever. So we have like over 500 listens already, Joe, um, which is incredible when you think about it. And then the, the with the with the YouTube one, that Steven Seagal one kind of caught some traction too. So yeah, we're doing – so I just wanted to get that out there again with the death of Angelo and – everything I, I just felt like it was time to give you know we talked about it months ago that they were going to get this cover and i can't remember we said when they get to 100 we had another one i don't remember if you remember what that was what we were going to do or what i was going to record i know there I was another remember what we talked about last week paul honestly my fair enough <laughs> memory my is just shot so last week we talked about uh, Joe we gotta we should come up with another milestone thing to for you to cover <laughs> Yeah, we should pick something awful because that was kind of fun, like, you know, doing something where I don't have to be so serious about it because I had a lot of fun. You know, I I didn't really sing, you know, the greatest on it on purpose, threw in my Trey Parker, as you called it, <laughs> in there. Come so, on, you. Come on, you. You're so cute, you're awesome. You're like my, like my, my uh, party of five trapper keeper. <laughs> um... Uh, Dawson's Creek with the Dawson's Creek traffic keeper. Um, yeah, we'll have to come up with another milestone. Maybe that's something we can discuss off air. Maybe I could do like a two true live, a two live crew cover. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but we're here today to talk about another local band, um, that got prominent somewhat, uh, nationally, um, but really kind of a, a homegrown group here. And that is low. Joe, what's your knowledge, your experience um, with the band Low prior to this podcast? I mean, I know who they are. Um, I heard them a lot when I worked at the Electric Fetus. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know a little bit about them. I know they're Duluth, from Duluth, uh, Mormons. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Mimi Parker just passed away a, a few weeks ago. So. Yes, yes, and that's uh, really sad. I feel really bad for Alan Sparhawk. So kind of the story is he was originally from, um, I think it was Seattle, and she was from, oh, I can't remember, like Clearwater. um, uh, Where was she from? Um, She was from another state in or another area in, in Minnesota, and they ended up meeting in grade school uh, together. And by the time, by 1993, um, they had formed this band. And they were a couple at this point. Like, they, again, they met in grade school and just kind of fell in love. And actually, they, um, speaking of the electric fetus, they actually performed at the Duluth electric fetus. Um, for those of you that don't know, it was like a record shop here in Minnesota. Um, a wonderful, wonderful shop. Um, 
So, yeah. So, um, Mimi Parker, uh, she, yeah. So, anyways, um, they met, hooked up, really found each other. They ended up having kids. They stayed together. Basically, like, again, this is like one of those small town, fine loves and success stories. That's kind of, you know, cool. Um, a little, you know, cliche as it were, I guess, uh, if you're cynical. Um, so they basically stayed in Duluth where they really got their big kind of, um, find, um, was through, um, there was a gap commercial that one of their songs was used for. Um, and then um it was a hymnal version of little drummer boy actually um and then with things uh, we lost in the fire which was an album they started to chart in europe of all places like it just people were like hey this is really good so they started doing tours in europe and then in 2005 which i think with one of their strongest albums arguably was the great destroyer um they got on the Daily Carson show, um, got started getting MTV radio play. They did too with a little bit like on the oddities and the late night stuff, but actually on this album with the song words, but it didn't really catch on and get anywhere. Um, and then they were started being used in soundtracks and things like that. The latest being um, Orange is the New Black. Uh, this is we're talking about. We got into their debut album a year after they they formed on a album. I'm not too familiar with Joe. I don't know if you are. Um, Vernon Yard. Are you familiar with that album at all? No, no. So I looked into it, and they don't even have a wiki page. Basically, it was an independent label that was owned by Virgin, and really, Low was one of their big, um, and The Verve were two of their big bands. And when The Verve kind of got in trouble with the stones <laughs> that kind of destroyed this. So they went to another label called cranky, um, before finally in 2005 getting picked up by sub pop, which is an album, which is a label both you and I really like. Um, and kind of the rest is history. And they were performing all the way up to Mimi's passing. Um, People didn't even really know until they had to start canceling um, yeah. shows. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. <clears throat> like they're they, you know, they were on tour because they just released a new album. That yeah. album's like really interesting too. It's the very, hey what uh, weird what hey what album new album yeah yeah, yeah no it's called hey what yeah yep so uh, yeah uh, they're they're touring it and then she just you know uh, illness nobody really knew and then. She passed. It's, yeah. it's sad. It's very sad. And actually, what's really great about that album, the Hey What album, it's a double album, as it were. Um, and um, um, it is getting a lot of traction. Uh, it's on Pitchfork's uh, number five best albums of the 2021. Um, NPR put it on their best of um, several. Um, the Guardian. Um, paced a lot of places like this was really set to be one of their really kind of big albums and then this tragedy occurs um so that's where we're at I, low is an interesting in terms of genre um it's kind of a slow core indie rock shoegaze i picked this album because again it's 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 their introduction and 
they really haven't what I feel like found their form yet. Would you agree with that, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk about like there I have some gripes about this particular album. Mm-hmm. And, uh it's the same tempo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> throughout the entire goddamn thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, this is not my favorite low no album. Uh, nope. but uh yeah, it's it's good for us to get our foot in the door with them. I mean Yes. Yeah, it's it's a lot of yeah. We'll get into it. But we'll get into it. It has it. It, it hits upon uh, major complaints you and I have had with other albums in the past. So yes, yes. But it yes. also has things that we love. I mean, there's one particular track I just fucking adore. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, and I and I agree. There there's things that I don't like, but there's those hint of geniuses in this album as well. We are like, Ooh, I can see kind of, you know, knowing low and where they went, you could see the building blocks of it. Yeah. The Genesis um, of a lot of the, of what was to come, you know? Yeah. And another interesting thing about low, I talked, I hinted about it a little bit. So <clears throat> low, um, when they first started doing <laughs> shows, people didn't know how to handle it. Low almost really kind of, cemented the slow core genre and i don't think they get enough credit for it because it's very minimalist it really was the white stripes before the white stripes except they didn't have the quirkiness to it um because you had mimi on drums and you had alan on guitar and that was really it they'd have a touring bassist and things like that but that's really all it was so i don't even think there's a bass drum on this album (laughs) (laughs) right right it's and, like uh, Violent Femmes drummer. It's just the hi hat and snare. <laughs> exactly. So, w- 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 which was really interesting was they would do these shows and people didn't know how to like because it's so minimalist that you could actually in some of their early um, live performances, they people would either sit on the floor or like at clubs and stuff like they. Um, People would like would be unintentive and low to their credit in order to call people out completely with the opposite way and would turn their volume down and like chastise the audience. Like they are known for being somewhat um, antagonistic um, in their performances. Uh, they did a performance. I think it was um, Rock the Garden and they <laughs> they did um this, their song, Do You Know How to Waltz? And they created like a super low, like long, drawn out, slowed version of this song. Basically with Alan just saying drone, not drones <laughs> throughout the entire thing in protest. The whole audience is confused. The performance of the song, Do You Know How to Waltz, lasted a half an hour uh, for one of their, um, for, for this one track. And it was Rock the Garden was there was a there's a, um, a, a college radio station called The Current in Minnesota. And this was one of the performances that The Current would do. And they were, you know, releasing tracks and things like that and uh, kind of got them in hot water. With the, with the, with well, the radio. I mean, here's the thing. <clears throat> They're not for the audience at Rock the Garden. Uh, oh, and here, you know, if you're going to get antagonistic to the crowd because they're not responding to your music, it's a fucking giant beer festival and shit. Like, mm-hmm. don't yeah. hire low for that. And like, well, 
you know what you're getting into. Uh, you're lucky they didn't throw a fucking beer bottle at your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. They give you an idea of some of the other bands that played at this Rock the Garden. Booker T and the Jones, Nico Case, My Morning Jacket, Doom Tree, Trampled by Turtles, Sun, Silver Sun Pickups, Bob Mold, Metric, um, Guided by Voices, Spoon, Connor Oberst, Bell and Sebastian. This is Modest Mouse played at this at one time. The Flaming Lips came and played at the Rock the Garden. Not really what Lowe is intended for. It's yeah, it's, Lowe's more, yeah. Yeah. You gotta be more in tune and attentive to what they're doing. And uh, it just seems like a weird mix that she's when you brought that up, I'm like, what the fuck were they playing Rock the Garden for? Right. Right. It just seems like a disaster waiting to happen. It was. It was because of their album, The Invisible Way, which had the song Plastic Cup on it. And that was another song that they drew out during that. Um, they, I think they played a 17-minute version of Plastic Cup as well. Um, and, it, yeah, um, which is a great song. But when you listen to it, it's not beer festival any festival, like I can't see, low at, at any festivals. Uh, maybe I think they had some success, if I'm not mistaken, at the Montreal kind of jazz festival, that, which yeah, that's kind of <laughs> more in their vein. Like yeah, if I, you saw them at Bomberoo, they'd probably have the same <laughs> response. You know, like you know what I mean? It's like they're they're a rock band, but like kind of like in a way that early Pink Floyd was a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're doing their thing, and uh, it's not for everybody. No, no, it's not for everyone. And that's and that's very apparent on this album. And um, the other thing I thought was really cool is because I, I love the show, honestly, as a parent, and I wish it was still on, um, was Yo Gabba Gabba which is probably one of the best kids show ever made. It had Mark uh, Mothersbaugh of Devo on it. It had Bismarck Key teaching kids how to beatbox. It was the strangest fucking thing. And Lowe actually did a cartoon and a song for one of the episodes um, called Family Tree. Um, so, yeah, let's. that's enough kind of a background of them. You know, if you're really interested in them, we'll get – when we're done with this one, I think, Joe, you and I will have some recommendations of other albums that I think people should really check out first. But um, let's dive in right away with the the song Words. I will start because normally I make you start. Um, I love this song on this. I do. I love I absolutely adore. I think it's the a great opener for what the album is. Um, actually, there was just a cover um this year someone did a cover of of with Mimi's passing um and I will have to figure out what that um who did that again it literally just came out um I think it was Devin Tomlin um oh no I'm sorry no it was Phoebe Bridgers and Storefront Church they they just covered it and it's a really good cover it really is i i'm a big fan of Phoebe. i'm phoebe bridgers is really growing on me as a musician but what's your thought about words yeah it kind of sets the tone for what we're you're gonna hear um literally and figuratively mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> again this is like one of those albums where like basically the songs could basically blend into one another and be like one giant piece in yes. my opinion mm -hmm. and like the magic of this album, it sounds like, at least for me, and maybe you'll get what I'm saying, 
all these songs sound like that creepy part in the middle of a jam song by like fish. <laughs> yes, I know. I know exactly. You what know, where things get a little yes. creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's like the- that's where Low hit their. They found that, and they're like, "We're just we're gonna do that, and we're gonna make this very atmospheric." Ah, uh, yeah, and it it works for me. In a and per, this is another like when we did that Flaming Lips album. This is a perfect winter album. Yes. And you got, I think people like with, especially with something like low, people have to understand in the Midwest, (laughs) music like this perfectly exemplifies like our environment. Mm. It's sparse and it's cold and it's vacant and it's sometimes pretty cynical. Yeah. Um, It's very depressing. (laughs) It's a depressing album. It really is a depressing album. Um, straight up, not gonna lie, it's a very dark and 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 sad album, sad album, um, but really good um, in that regards. So, I really love this song. Um, so, um, I, and it, you, you bring up a couple of things. Like it's very apropos of, of what we were saying there, as far as it being a winter album, um, as far as it being like the weird. Like well, if you let's all their albums are winter <laughs> very much so. We're very much in a, a miserable hellscape here in the Midwest. Yeah, and you know, it it reminds me of that Matt Pond PA um EP we did in terms of that just having that feeling and, and the flaming lips feeling. Um and yeah, it, as you said, that weird part in a fish song like David Bowie. Uh <laughs> it, <laughs> When it gets really weird, I think about yeah, it gets uh, very like low temp d- tempo and yeah, about 13, 12, 13 minutes in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I really love that analogy, Joe. That that's fantastic. Um, moving on, we get the next track, which is Fear. W- one thing I will say, very minimalist in terms of like the album uh, as far as the song titles. Fear, cut. Yeah, they're slide, all one-word titles. They're all one-word titles. <laughs> Even the cover, which isn't a one-word actual, actual song, it's not one word. But they kept it at one word with sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. So there's a lot of fear. repeating lyrics, which I know you don't. <laughs> I don't like. I, I don't like and that. And here, like, it bugged me a little bit on here, mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, it did. It did. You know, one of the things that I... I, I, I the one saving grace on this that made the repeating of I can hear them was the harmony. Um, Alan and Mimi have a really strong harmony together when they sing together. And it is absolutely enthralling when they nail it. And some songs they do and some songs they don't. And I think that's by design, honestly. And this is... With this one, they nail that harmony. So I was kind of drawn in by the sounds of it and the, the drone of it. But yeah, once you start getting to the seventh, eighth, I can hear them. I'm like, all right, I got you guys. I got you. I got <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I wanted to hear more Mimi on this. Uh, Alan, to me, has never been the most interesting vocalist. No. And no. that's always been kind of my gripe, even with... Uh, you know, even uh, I don't I forget if he even does if he does the vocals on Retribution Gospel Choir. It's a side project he did. It's, it's a side project he did. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, but it's just like she's got such a wonderful voice. 
Yeah, she does. His is so it's it's not that interesting to me. So like a lot of times I get frustrated with that. Uh, yeah. I'd, like, I'd rather hear her sing these songs. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I, I do agree with that. He is I think well, and going back especially to these early ones, he's fine for that nineties sound. Like if he fit in really well. Um, but as you and I know, as the band grew and she started to take more of the forefront, she has a lot more interesting vocals and think, and yeah, I was, I forgot just how minimalist she was in terms of vocals on this album, um, compared to some of the later ones. So, um, but this is yeah. still the Genesis of it. Exactly. Know. Exactly. But, like, but I still have my gripes cause I know what's to come. And yep. I'm just, it, I want it, more of her here, you know? You know, I want more. Actually, I want bass. <laughs> you yep. know, like some of these songs, like if you just added just a little bit of bass there, it would have gone a long way with with the atmosphere of it. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. This is, like I guess, very, very, very like they they I mean, they're here. They are recording an album and they only formed not even a full year earlier so that's kind of ballsy as well a lot of times bands kind of do a lot of touring kind of you know get their things kind of figure out what they're gonna do and they're just kind of formed a band and we're like a couple months later like all right time to record an album (laughs) okay guys um so there's that aspect from it um again give them i give them credit worked in their favor fuck it um, so next up, Joe, is the song Fear. Uh, what was your thoughts on Phil? Thought we were talking about fear. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. We're moving on from fear. My apology. We're I, going I, to I, cut now. We're going to cut. You, Jesus, you I knew that, Joe. Oh, I know. You know what? I, I'm pulled a real, I, really pulled a Gilmer there. I pulled a get damn it, Gilmer. <laughs> I, uh, I pulled yeah, the boners like to this. bone. So I like this song. Uh, it has a a chorus, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> it does. It it which is another thing that uh, though does not have a lot of on this album. No, 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 not not chorus heavy at all. It's a lot of um. Well, again, it's, it's minimalist. It's, it's minimalist. What it is, it's it, and but it fits the vibe. And again, it's very winter for me. Like I just. I was driving around and like you, you and I both seem to like to listen to our al- these albums when we're driving mm-hmm. and like, you know, it's just been brutal here. And oh, it's been rough. It, this was just like a great soundtrack as I was white knuckling it to Aldi <laughs> to get food for two weeks. Cause I don't want to be driving anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. No, we're, but it was just the perfect soundtrack. And like, I could just only imagine like listening to this at night on these winter roads and just be like, Fuck yeah! Like this is just yeah, this, this vibe. I'm loving this vibe. I love this, the vibe of Blow in general. And you know, again, this one's a little tough because it's their, you know, it's their debut. Debut. So, but uh, knowing what's to come and like seeing the seeds here, and we'll get to the track I love a lot when we get to it. Uh, for me, it, it make it gave this album an automatic recommendation. So, but we'll awesome. get we'll, we'll get. get I have a feeling I know which one you're talking about. We'll get oh, to. you know which one. <laughs> I, know, I, I know which one you're talking about. So, um, but yeah, you know what? You nailed it. Like when I think of low, right? What I 
uh, and part of the reason why I wanted to recommend this um, was I was driving when I was in Duluth and I was I got caught in that blizzard. Yeah, I saw that fall. <laughs> Your car was under like three feet of snow. <laughs> so that's after some of it had been taken off by by me and some of the people at the hotel. Put that photo up like when we're talking about this in the video. Yeah, for the yeah, video. So I, if you watch this on YouTube or whatever, Paul will put it. Put a photo up. Yeah, I'll put the photo up so you guys can see it because um and that's after it had been somewhat unburied. Um when I was there, it was so bad. And that's a rental. So I drive a van normally because I have a brood. Um, but when I go on these work trips, I I the the company pays for my hotel and my rental. And so I got this little four-door fucking uh, Hyundai something. And the drifts from the from the blizzard um, were so bad that it literally covered. You couldn't see the car. Like all you saw was a like if you were walking by, you wouldn't know. You would just would have thought that's a giant fucking snow hill, and or a giant snow mound. Um, it took me. It took four other people from the hotel. Uh, it took getting um, a snow plowed, shoveled, pushed everything to get moving out of that out of that spot it took it took literally four of us to get me going only for me to get stuck two stop signs down and have uh luckily a moving truck and another guy come and help push me onto the highway it was fucking nuts again so, we live in a frozen hellscape yeah 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 this is this is real um so there was a lull in the blizzard and I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So seven o'clock at night, I'm, I got a two hour window of when it's supposed to start. The blizzard's supposed to start back up. So I'm quickly packing everything up. I got permission from my boss to get the fuck out early. And, um, I'm driving, uh, down towards Minneapolis. Um, and it's just starting to snow. And it's a heavy, icy snow. And I had my stop. I had my headlights on. And as this, as I'm driving down and as this, I'm getting past the band of the blizzard that I got caught in just for a few. I mean, it was only like 10 and 15 minutes. So it wasn't a whole lot of the, getting caught in it. I left just at the right time. But then it's this calmness and it's dark. And the 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 headlights are reflecting off the snow it's just this perfect icy and joe you know exactly the like if you guys live in the snow you know exactly what i'm talking about is that shiny reflective icy that gets on snow and it's just it's gorgeous you know it's fucking cold but it's gorgeous and i was immediately went i need some low and i put low on and that's what it actually inspired me to have to do this album tonight um I I do like this song. I'll admit for the amount of lyrics it is and for what it is, clocking in at almost six minutes is a bit much yeah. um, uh, for cut. That's my opinion. Um, next one is Slide, Joe. Um, again, it's a lot of the same. A lot of the same yep, lyrics. Yep, again, it's that low, you know, the tempo doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Uh, again and so a lot of this kind of blurs together for me and uh yeah this this wasn't one of my favorites to be honest uh this is where i just like oh 
because uh, this is I haven't heard this low album. Like I was, I've never been like the biggest fan of low. I've listened to off and on or whatever people have suggested. So I, I was like, oh no, this is kind of kind of like yep. doing the same thing again. You know, I, Joe. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been a long time since I heard this particular low album. It really had. I remember really liking Lo- words and I remember really liking lullaby. Um, and um, so when I recommended this particular one, um, I forgot just how minimalist it was compared to some of their other albums that I really enjoy. I have to, I'm going to be, you and I hit the same wall at the same time. Cause I was like, Oh fuck. I knew right away. I knew right away when this one kicked in, I'm like, Ah, fuck, Joe's going to be pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, it becomes more of the same and it's the same tempo and the same kind of drum beat on the the hi-hat and cymbals. Uh, You know, it doesn't change up that much on a lot of these songs. So that's, again, that's my gripe. But knowing what's going to come, like, you kind of see they're kind of working this all out. Yes, Yes. yeah, absolutely. And it's and great. It's, I mean, and they do it really quickly too, because again, yeah. this is their first album, so um, they really shore up their economy because um, it's all about job creation um, right away. I'm sorry, I had to throw in a Sarah Palin reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, could see Russia from their backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they live in Duluth. Of course, they can. Um, so <laughs> next, next we got Lazy. Um, and I, on my notes here, I have lazy lyrics. <laughs> yeah, lazy lyrics. And poor Sarah gets thrown under the bus on this I, one. I don't know who the fuck Sarah is. <laughs> you fucked up, Sarah. I'm just going to say that right now. You fucked up. You pissed off the wrong people because Sarah, they, Sarah, you're lazy. <laughs> you are lazy. She says there's not enough for two. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough for two. And that is Sarah, literally... get your shit together, Sarah. Literally, that is the only lyrics on this album. It's not enough. It's not enough. She says there's not enough for two. Sarah, you're, Sarah, you're lazy. And it is a fucking almost six-minute song. Um, again, I love the atmosphere. I love the tonage. But, ooh, it was, this just hit all the wrong, all yeah. the wrong <laughs> things for me. Yeah, it's stung. It's stung. <laughs> it, yeah. And next it, we this get, is kinda, you know, the last song put me in a foul mood. This one certainly didn't help. <laughs> right, right, right. Because it's just kind of right. Like, I, this should have been an EP, in my opinion. But, you know, that's, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, next, Joe, we get Lullaby. This is my favorite song. Yeah. That. And this is Hands the one down. that saved it. Because at first, and even this one tricked me. Because at first I was like, oh, more of the same kind of. Yep. And then it just builds. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and it blew my mind. This song I fucking adored, and I, this is what got it gets it an automatic recommendation yes. for me for this song alone. Yeah, it's a ten minute song, and I know it sounds weird because we're just good playing two about verses <laughs> with two verses, but the music and the instrumentation takes it places. And this is really, if you want to know the true genesis of what lows to become this is this is the prime example right here yeah yeah this is where i was also thinking like uh early floyd had to been somewhat of a like i'm not talking like i'm saying like 
Sid Barrett into like the early Gilmore stuff where they're kind of doing this sort of shit. Like careful that axe Eugene with the minimalist base and everything kind of building up. Yeah, Saucerful Secrets, um yeah. more metal. Yep, yep. Yeah, that era. Not even yep. the metal. I think this was more <laughs> like that weird yeah. where they were just Almost Umaguma. <laughs> yeah, not Umaguma, but it's you know, it's like when there's still like yeah, yeah, yeah. Careful with that axe, Eugene. It's probably the closest I can think of. Hundred percent, hundred. Yeah, that's a great. But this is so phenomenal. And the guitar work is really great. Alan is a really good. I mean, you know, we kind of griped him a little bit for him being kind of a, uh, an average rock vocalist, um, but his guitar work is and is really impressive, um, and this really does shine on it. Yeah, I think this and words are the two real big highlights. Uh, next up, we get C. I, hate I oh, see, I liked this one because I felt it more it changed the tone and I, it felt like a welcome change and i felt like we got more mimi so i too jarring of a change it, fair enough i kind of like that weirdness like you know like I, it's, it's like if the beatles did tomorrow never knows and then followed up with a good day sunshine <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good i you know what though i'd be all for it honestly I'd be like, yeah i don't think that would work for me and like this one i'm just like i because you know, I heard what that, you know, like lullaby. I'm like, fuck, yeah. Yep. You know, if they're going to continue kind of doing crazy shit like that, and then logic, and then it comes to this, I'm like, oh, you sons of bitches. And it's a short song, too. It's a short song. I think having it right after lullaby was probably not the right move, um, but I still enjoyed it on the album. Um, and then, then we get to Down, which gets us back to more of the same, unfortunately. Yeah, the more of the same stuff, yeah. Yep. Yep, with a lot of the same lyrics, out of control, out of control. I guess the secret's out. Above me looking down, it's not supposed to be that way. Um, but, you know, uh, it's it works. Uh, but again, this is a seven-minute song, seven-and-a-half-minute song. But it doesn't have the instrumental that Lullaby did to really yeah. pull it out. Or even justify it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just missing that element to really bring it to its full potential i felt uh next is drag and my notes here is this album's dragging on uh, <laughs> and round 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 and it's just yeah it's it's hitting all the wrong things for me at this point like it's yeah just, same here pal <laughs> yep and then we got rope which is the and i have it written here you're gonna need more you're yeah. gonna need more and that's all it is the thing with rope though i did like the instrument the instrumentation like all the griping with like some of the lyrics on here like this one like i remember i recall liking the music though but mm -hmm. i could be confusing it with another one of the songs that sounded just the same and that's the thing right like i, I we're not really it could, talking i could have been thinking of uh, <laughs> you know drag i think i had been talking about drag i like the the music rope i yeah, no, Joe, don't feel bad because you're making me question it now because, and this is the problem with it. Like when you, if you're going to listen to this album, you're going to know exactly what we're talking about because mm -hmm. it starts to really blend. Yeah. The and are all just, yeah. And it just starts that it's the same tempo. Yeah. The tempo doesn't change, which doesn't, and it's still kind of like the same guitar, but the riffs are, 
the lines are slightly different and, and it's within the same scales yep. and that's part of the yep. problem, right? It's you, you sit there and you listen and you're like, okay, yeah, that's different, but it's the same because it's using the mm-hmm. same, the same scale and, and kind of keys and various sure by design, but it just doesn't work for me. Right. It uh, might work for other people, but for me, I'm just like, yeah, enough of this, you know, like it's, let's change it up. Change it up before I fucking scream. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Let me I, just throw on lullaby again. <laughs> Let me just put lullaby on repeat. Yeah, yeah. I, again, uh, low and uh, words and lullaby. Words and lullaby. Yeah. Um, and then we get sunshine, which is bizarre. I uh, like this cover though. <laughs> like, it's if a good do a cover. cover. Do something with it, and they did <laughs> with this. It yeah. rem- It's almost like. They just got done watching 2001, and instead of using Daisy, they did Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that's awesome. Yep. That's, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been literally what happened. I do. I think that's literally what happened. I think they watched 2001 and went, "We could do that with another song. Let's try my let's try Sunshine." Yeah. It's just, it's a wonderful, creepy, broken version of the song that takes it and really does a really good job of redefining what the song means and is about. <laughs> um, and that's where it ends. And I think it's a fitting ending um, to this album. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, what became of Low? kind of, you know, some of those things. Um, well, this album... Um, didn't get a lot of attention. Oh, um, it did you know, at the time. Later, once Lowe started to get more attention, people started kind of going back and looking at their stuff. So, like, retroactively, um, Pitchfork um, <clears throat> took this and said, hey, um, this is one of the – this is um, number 50 – or number 49 on the best albums of 1990. Um, you know, and it made a lot of like later lists and like dream pop lists and things like that. Um, but it really didn't get them a, a whole lot of attention. It really wasn't until they got on the sub pop and sub pop, like Vernon yard and cranky really didn't do them a lot of favors. Um, and sub pop, you know, for all their kind of faults as a label, um, they are really good at promoting their talent. And so when the great destroyer came out and drums and guns came out, those are the ones that people start to get familiar with it. Then you get to come on, which I, and the invisible way, which were their most commercially successful albums here in the U S um, very, very good album. Uh, come on is a great, great album. Um, and then they kind of slipped away into obscurity until this, Hey, what album that came out and it is charting all over the globe. And then unfortunately with this real true success, Mimi unfortunately passed away. So, uh, I mean, they're, I mean, as of right now, Alan hasn't given up. Um, he, he still considers himself in low but I don't think we'll ever see another low album. I don't think so either. No, but I think you never know. Yeah. I mean, maybe I th- I mean, there might be some stuff from the vaults. There may be some like, uh, unfinished pieces or things like that that may come out. But 
I don't think we'll ever get like a true real low album again, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible. It yeah. is. Yeah. I think, I mean, unless they raise her from the dead or something, but. Or unless like maybe they have one of their kids, like I said, they have unfinished tracks and things like that. And they decide to, he decides to make it a family gig, which I could see him doing, honestly. Good. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's where they go. It'd so, be interesting to go that route. And I think it'd be more acceptable to fans than hiring somebody who's kind of sounds like Mimi. You know? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the fans would totally accept it that, you know, if they had the started bringing the kids in and because um, they do have, I believe, two children and um, seeing where that goes. And um, yeah, um, so yeah, that's there it is. So, Joe, um, would you recommend uh, I could live uh, I could live in hope? By low. Yeah, just uh, maybe not as the intro album to them. Like some of the stuff, like ones you named before off of the Sub Pop label. Those are probably where I dip my toe in first and then maybe go round back to this one. Yeah. This, one, I w- this is not a really good introduction to the band. Like it's, it's, it's fine for what it is. And Lullaby is epic, but uh, if you're just, if you're wanting to get into them, there's, better entry points i would say there is um and i'm and i'm gonna say i i would now you talked about this where i mentioned this a couple of times on different podcasts and you and i talked about over the years when i got in the pink floyd again i started at pipers at the gates of dawn and bought each album chronologically um and i wanted to do that because i knew of pink floyd's uh, evolution sorry guys for the for the background noise um i knew about pink floyd's evolution so i really wanted to hear it the the difference there is it's a that I, I love doing that, and I'd recommend anyone that hasn't gotten in the Pink Floyd to really take that journey. Um, and it's fun. Low is not a band you can do that with, <laughs> um, because there's not enough change over time. The yeah. good is really, really good, but there is a reason. I mean, and it, there is a specific reason why they didn't chart very well for a long time, and um, so I would say. I would go with come on, then the invisible way, then go back to the great destroyer. And once you kind of had those three albums, then I would say, go back and start listening to maybe I could live in hope and the lawn division, the curtain. Like if you really like stuff on those three albums and you really want to get more into low, then start going backwards. But if you listen to come on to the invisible way and the great destroyer, and it's not doing anything for you, you're never going to like this band. And this out. Yeah. This album won't do anything for you. And this album will do nothing for you. Yeah. But yes, because of words and because of lullaby, I say, absolutely. I recommend this album. So Joe, let's get the plugs, my man. Um, oh, yeah, Brown and I still have to do Thief yes. after the new year. And then following that up, Brown picked uh, Crank to do. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. I just watched a movie, and I'm not going to say you guys should do it because I know you hate that. Um, what was it? Give me one second. I actually saved that, uh, the poster. Um, and I, I would say regardless, if you don't do it, um, it's called hot lead, hard fury. 
<laughs> yeah, you posted that on <laughs> social Dude, media. That was, I, I was intrigued. I, uh, watch this movie. Um, it is it is a um, it's set in 1977. Here, I'll read you the synopsis for it. Um, the industrial ghetto steel cities under siege from organized crime, corruption, and a new synthetic drug called Voodoo Blue, which they describe in the movie as coke uh, combined with LSD. Um, when news <laughs> when news of a drug sting leaks to the wrong people, Detective Cal Beefer becomes a casualty, despite protection from veteran cop Solomon Link, played by Ron Van Cleef. Way of the Black Dragon and Death of Bruce, Bruce Lee. When his big brother, Chuck Beefer, comes to town, he wants answers. Chuck, once a cop himself, seeks out the source of the leak and apprehend the killer and leading dealer of Voodoo Blue, a man named Afro Steel. <laughs> Dude, it is two hours long and it is brilliant. Um, it was like a, um, it was like a Kickstarter funded movie and the, you could just tell they're actually having fun making it. And like they, it's truly is a really good love letter to like the old Canon films of the seventies and eighties and grindhouse. It's, it's a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. I, I highly recommend you watch that movie, uh, when you get a chance. What's it on? Uh, what was hot lead? Uh, was it on Tubi? I have to look that up. What was it on? I have it. I have it saved. I don't worry about it. I'll figure. Right. Um, what was it on? Oh, this is dead air. I'll find it. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You find <laughs> it. Um, you'll find it. Sorry. I don't mean to give dead air. Um, I'll, I'll cut that. Don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, I, I found it and, um, oh no, I got, it's on trauma. It was on my trauma app. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's on my trauma app. That's how I found it. Um, So, um, yes. So, Joe, now, what are we doing next? Uh, Are we we doing a show next week? Yeah, we can. I don't have anything going on. I I don't have anything going on, so let's do a show next week. Okay, guys, (laughs) you're getting a New Year's edition. Um, Oh, Paul. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh fuck! What I are think doing? this one's gonna test. <laughs> Rate that album. Oh, I am I'm laughing so hard because this is gonna. We're both gonna fucking hate this album. Oh fuck my life! What are we doing, Joe? Well, you see, Paul. I think uh, we've been a little too uh, hopping on on the the dirty libs side of things. <laughs> you oh, know, fuck me. You know, uh-huh. you know, there was a singer in a band called Stained named uh, Aaron Lewis. <laughs> uh huh. Well, apparently he has some. He has a country album. <laughs> are we doing Country Boy? Uh, no, we are doing uh, Aaron Lewis's "Frayed at Both Ends." Paul, <laughs> "Frayed at Both Ends." What the fuck is this? Hang on. Featuring the his uh, you know, let's go Brandon anthem. Am I the only one? <laughs> Oh God! Okay, let's <laughs> let's look at this here again. Goodbye, town. Everybody talks to God. Am I the only one? Kill me like you love me. Pull me under. Life behind bars. 
waiting there for me. They call me Doc, featuring <laughs> the creative vets Vince Gill and Dam Tominsky. I hate life right now, dude. Get what you get. Sticks and stones, one and the same, and someone. Oh, there's two versions. There's a deluxe version, Joe. Yeah. There's a deluxe version. What's the difference with the deluxe version? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, there's no difference. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this. Oh, 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 there's an added song called The Third Degree. Ah, well, I think we owe it to ourselves to do the deluxe edition. Oh, yeah, we got to get, we got to, we got to really stick it to the lips, Paul. Yeah, no, no, we're doing, we're doing the deluxe version. So the, the, the freight at both ends is 51 minutes and, and the deluxe version is 56 minutes. So we're, we're, we're doing that. Yes. All right. We're doing that. I don't even know why this guy popped in my head. I was just like, didn't he do a bunch of like weird, like I saw a video of him. just like fucking stinking drunk about Joe Biden at some bar. (laughs) And it just stuck in my brain. And I was like, someday me and Paul, were going to have to do that. And now, that day has come. That day has come. End of the year. Fucking New Year. You're going to be so angry at me. Uh, dude, you know what, man? Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. okay. that's okay. We did, we did, Steve. Dude, I, I gave you Steven Seagal. So, you know what? I deserve this. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't think anybody deserves this. <laughs> you know what, man? I think it's I can get. Where? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that will be my our hundredth subscriber i'll do a cover of that no uh, you could cover uh, <laughs> am i the only one am i the only one i gotta look uh, up what the, would you do <laughs> oh my god i gotta look up the lyrics for this hang on let me let me, oh. let, me let me see here um oh god well yeah, well, we're gonna whoa, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Am I the only one who quits singing along every time they play a Springsteen song? Son of a bitch! Willing to bleed or take a bullet for being free? Fun fact: Aaron Lewis never served for his country. <laughs> no, I think he was a draft dodger. Actually, uh, no, he's too young to be a draft dodger. But you know what I'm saying. Um, Oh my God, he's a chicken hawk. <laughs> well, another, uh, yeah, he is. Another statue coming down in a town near you, watching the threads of old glory come undone. Okay, oh, we're in for it, Paul. <laughs> no, we, I got a lot to say about that because that is the whole. Um, oh fuck, what is that called? Um, there's a whole thing on it. I can't remember what the term is, um, but it's where they falsified it's where the south in order to try and justify what they did um created this whole new th- uh, like basically lied about this whole theory about like what the war was really about and, like all these things and like this great lie and like all these statues that people think they came up a lot of those fucking um uh confederate statues aren't even a hundred years old yet they <laughs> came up they came up like in in the early 1900s and like the 20s and the 30s when racism was really coming into play 
fucking Christ. And they want to <laughs> Sounds talk like about, more of your liberal bullshit. Oh, I'm sure. Of course, it's my liberal bullshit. God damn me for being fucking educated. Uh, God <laughs> oh, you're, already, you're already hot about it. Uh, you're coming in hot. We haven't the album yet. I'm coming in hot. You're coming in hot, Maverick. You're coming in hot. Well, oh. uh, I, I apparently maybe my Sarah Palin reference from earlier, my dated Sarah Palin reference, brought this upon us. Um, all right, Joe, we're doing Aaron Lewis, Frayed at Both Ends, yeah. Deluxe Edition. You're the only one who's not brainwashed, Paul, making his way through the land of the lost. Uh, he still he... gives a shit and worries about his kids, so they try to undo all the things he did. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Son of a bitch. Uh, let's look at these lyrics real quick. I can't here. wait for you to be driving around with your kids listening to this <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah. 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 God damn it. This fucking guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. This might be the worst album we listened to. I've that, heard one note of it yet. Dude, dude, we, we are we are coming in. I mean, it could be this this could be worse than Steven Seagal. This I have a feeling this is going to be you worse. I think this than will Steven. be worse than Pat Moon Paul. Because <laughs> that's your uh that's your mark. That is my mark. That is my mark. Um God, this is gonna I I I, I I mean, I'm going in, obviously, like the, the audience is going to listen to this and be like, oh, these fucking judgmental bastards. But I'm not a country fan. I really struggle with modern country as it is. Um, so <laughs> oh, this, I hate modern country. <laughs> uh, I hate modern country. And then, I hate Aaron Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate Aaron Lewis. So this is really going to test me. Um, yeah, I think this is going to give Pat Boone a real serious run for his money. Well, I, I think he's going to bury Pat Boone. <laughs> like, it, it, it could. But the one thing I am kind of thinking why it may not is the Pat You're a big Boone, fan of It's Been a While. I'm a big fan of that song. Yeah, let me see those lighters. Let me feel them lighters, people. <laughs> um, so, no, um, is I didn't like any of the musical arrangements that came with Pat Boone. And I'm this, this has 14 opportunities to be better <laughs> than what Pat Boone did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going into it optimistically going, this has 14 opportunities to be better than Pat Boone in some way. So well, I want to hear if it, any of these 14 opportunities <laughs> <laughs> shout shines Pat Boone. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm I'm looking at it from that point of view. I'm going into it optimistically and saying there are 14 opportunities here to surprise me. There's 14 opportunities here uh, to be better than Pat Boone. Um, I will say it probably, oddly enough, will be better than St. Anger. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, Paul. <laughs> It could be better than St. Anger, or at least on par. Um, yeah, we'll have to find out. It's going to be pretty crazy. Good times, Joe. Good times. All right, buddy. Well, do you want to take us out? No. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.